The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright, and we're Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Oposnan. And we are your hosts. And ladies and gentlemen, we would like to welcome our guest for this episode on the fuss. She is a comedian out of the New York City area. Would you guys please welcome Rebecca Kaplan? Um, hey, thanks for having me on. Ah shit, no problem. Thank you for coming on with us. And last but certainly not least, the tallest podcast <laughs> producer in the game, the one, the only. Max Marcus. With podcast producers only, maybe, that, maybe it's true. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. In the game, baby. How are y'all, fam? I'm doing great. No, I already said I was riddled by anxiety. I'm having a kid next week. People that listen probably can piece that together. Mm-hmm. The kid will be here. You know how people are like, I'm coming to Buffalo, but by the time this is out, I'll be in Buffalo? Yeah. The kid will be here by the time this is out. Will it be in Buffalo, quote unquote, by the time this episode is out? If y'all can see our brother, man, he looks like he's slept <laughs> a couple hours, right? But he's ready for this. He has this whole thing in the back. So like, you're a dad for the second time. Yes. Right? So, what's the biggest difference like between then and now? Like in like the week before? What's knowing, like for you? knowing is the biggest difference. Knowing how much of a time commitment is coming into your life, and knowing how you're going to navigate that. Like before the kid's born, in both instances, you don't know what the kid's going to be like. So you're not loving a person yet. You're loving uh, something that's going to happen. Yeah. But you know how much time this person is going to take. So it's kind of the worst worst scenario is right before the kid's born the second time. Because you know how much time is coming into your life. But, you know, you haven't met the person that you're going to love and be glad that they're spending that time. That's wild to think about. (laughs) Just that, that whole thing of knowing you're about to meet the biggest love of your life. But, like, for real, the second time. For real. And I didn't know that. Like, I didn't know that. I was going to love my kid way more than any person I'd ever met. I was like, oh, probably be around my the level I love my wife. Yeah. Nope. Right, right. Uh, So to know I I got a second person coming in at that level. Yeah, it's it's stressful. (laughs) Interesting perspective right there, ladies and gentlemen. On my side, thankfully, no children coming in next week. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank God. But I'm happy for my brother. I, um... I'm in a decent mood right now, family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I truly cannot complain. Um, Got a show coming for the New York Comedy Festival on November 12th at 7 p.m. at the New York Comedy Club. So 
If you are in or around the New York City area, you are invited. Tickets are on sale right now. You can get those at NewYorkComedyClub.com. And I will see you Saturday, October 12th, 7.30 p.m. show. All right? Max, what's new with you? Anything going on? Yeah, I've been working uh, as a PA Mm -hmm. on the TV show Beat Bobby Flay. And that's been uh, that's been wild. That's been yeah. uh, twelve hour days uh, yeah. every day. So we uh, we found the time to still do this though. Hey Amen. That's we, that's why we appreciate you yeah. for finding that time. And having said all of that, Rebecca, what's new with you? Uh, not much. I'm just uh, doing some stuff. I'm producing a show on the Upper East Side. On uh, wait, when is this coming out? This will probably be out in two weeks. Never mind then. <laughs> uh, Is it a recurring show? Nope. Uh, it's okay. Um, I'm doing. I'm putting out like content on Twitter and Instagram. Is at, this the first show that you've ever produced? Um, I think it's like one of the first like post-pandemic shows I've produced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Hey, okay. And it's the first at this new place. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's like just an apartment show. Got it. Gotcha. Oh, okay, fuck it. Gotcha. Really, that's really stretching the fucking boundaries, yo. When when I found out like those things existed, the apartment shows, I was like, you really got to trust me. You ever produce a show, Nico? No, outside of like my own headliner stuff. No, yeah, you I never produced, produced a weekly show. I produced a weekly show in Brooklyn for like almost a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was cool because the food there was great. And uh, once the, what I ended up having was just once they said we couldn't bark right outside the place, then we couldn't get audience, and then it went away. But I don't it was even a cool understand show. Understand the logic behind that. So, do you folks listening? Barking is um, what comedians do when they're younger and all that stuff. When they're starting, they'll get like tickets or whatever. They'll stand in front of a place. They'll try to get people off the street to come into a show. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The way a lot of people came up. Will, if you don't pass that blunt to me. Oh, I thought kids. we were doing like a, a COVID thing where it was. I don't oh. need any. It's okay. No, do you, was I supposed to pass No, it's it? fine. I don't okay. need it. I don't, I'm good. Did you want it? No, I'm good. Oh, I thought it was. I thought that was the whole thing was. Oh, gotcha. No, okay. I, I gave that to y'all. Like, no, there was just so little left. I was like, I don't need that. Don't all need good, that. All bleep good. out. Bleep out just the word COVID. So people are like, okay, he probably said COVID, but <laughs> what could that bleep be? Got that whole I thought we were doing the bleep thing. Um, ah, we good. So, having said all that, ladies and gentlemen, this is the cast for this episode, and we're going to get into our topic today. But before that, Will, are we sorting anyone? No, we're doing a thing where I went, how are, how have we not done this before? Like, we've mm-hmm. talked so much Harry Potter, we haven't talked about favorite parts, so mm-hmm. that's what we're talking Yeah, I, I was thinking books. I... I don't know. I mean, we haven't even talked about this. I still, I think the books are better than the movies. I think the movies are A minus and the books are A plus. Mm-hmm. Like with some variants, I think some movies are better than others. But I would say every, to me, every book is better than every movie for Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. How have we not talked about that? Are you in the same? Uh... I'm in the same boat that the book is definitely superior yeah. to the movie because there was so much more that the book show. Like I got the closure with Harry and Petunia in the book that I never got in the movie. And it was so good in the book that I wanted it in the movie. I searched for it in the movie and we never got that. I appreciate the deleted scene, but even that wasn't enough justice in my opinion. And like the stuff with Dudley, all those things are really important to me. How how those beginning stories close, and because they left those out of the movies, 
Yeah, that was good. Yeah, a lot of fighting stuff they left out. You know, and I understand you can't make a five hour movie. Even though when I was a kid, I was like, Yeah, why couldn't I they be longer? A five hour. Yeah. Movie? You know, I ain't know nothing about budgets and you know, yeah, time. Also with child actors. Yeah, just, right. Like, years of their lives to this five-hour movie. Yeah, right. So, yeah. No, I hear that. I mean, to me, the best movie is book seven, part one mm-hmm. movie. And the be- and the worst book is Chamber of Secrets to me. And I still think Chamber of Secrets is better than book seven, movie. part one. Yeah, I just think every book for Harry Potter is better than every movie. Okay, Max, where you stand on? Yeah, I like, I like the books more. I can go into more. I think... I don't even remember how it ends anymore, but I know that, like, because they changed the wand stuff with the Elder Wand in the movie, Harry just, like, snaps and throws it off the ledge. That's not what happened in the books, right? There's, there's like, more to it. Wait, did, he snaps the Elder Wand at the end of the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he snaps it and throws and it off the ledge. he repairs his old wand, I believe. Okay. I think, I think yeah. that is what, I think he uses the wand to repair his old wand in the yes. book, and I think he might then put the wand back in uh, Dumbledore's whatever grave or tomb or whatever i think he like really? puts it back i think that is am i i might be you wrong might be, you might the crazy thing is in my memory it's like a it's just a simplified version of that like you ever realize that your brain just takes like a complex story and just makes it super simple in your All brain the time. so i just went oh in my brain it's literally like they do the spell against each other and you just as the viewer know that because the wands, because that elder one thing, Harry's gonna win. I right. forgot like all the stuff with repairing. We, we should look that up by the end of the episode to see if yeah. that happened for real. You yeah, I mean? I'll look into it during the episode. We'll gotcha. Find out. Yeah, let's find out. But I definitely remember that one of the things with Fred and George. You know what I'm saying? Like we got to see what happened when Homie died, when the twin died. Yeah, and we got to see Percy's whole like mental breakdown and all that we got to see ron have his breakdown so like my favorite book was the seventh book because it closed up so many loose ends right none of that stuff that i thought was most important was in the movie yeah we just got there and fred was dead that's the thing with like movie endings is because lord of the rings takes the opposite approach in their movie they spend a lot of time at the end closing up loose ends the way a book would but in a movie ending, there is something about racing to the finish that a lot of directors like to do. So they want that ending to hit you as fast as possible. And you're already walking out before you even fully realize what happened. And you're talking to your friend. like Because that's the whole thing with how movies can connect people is you have to talk about the ending in the aisle on the way out. Right. Um, and when people did the Lord of the Rings book style ending in book three... Um, people really complained. They said this ending is too long, like the movie could have ended 45 minutes ago. But there is something nice in terms of like your individual relationship with the characters about getting an ending that fully resolves it. Um, and and I don't love, in the books or the movies, I never love like the 12 years later thing as the answer to everything. That, right. Yeah, that was It my- made a lot of things complicated after the fact. Yeah, and it and it does kind of ruin Cursed Child as a thing because you go, wait, Harry's a good father at the end of book seven, and now he's a bad father in Cursed Child. And I just think, like the Time Turner thing, like, you know, J.K. is such a genius. Like, if she could do it over ten years later, she probably thinks of something better. Right. But it's, you know. 
Right, she it's canon. Right, she probably didn't give herself that time. Yeah, Rebecca books some movies for you. Well, I, I mean, the, the Harry Potter books are written from Harry's perspective, so maybe from his perspective, he's a good father. That's just a, what I. I, I <laughs> that hits so fucking hard to me. Mm-hmm. Her idea, like, oh, you're a good father in your head, but in this movie, in, right. you know, that's like a okay. Keep speaking to like my inner Freud thing. Yeah, but um, I think the books are definitely better than... I mean, like, the movies are just, like, as a whole, like, not cohesive at all. Like, they kept changing from, like, director to director. So it's, like, movies, like, one and two are really, like, just, like, pretty straight, like, faithful to the books, like, as much as you can in a movie. And then, like, the third one is just, like, crazy, and there's, like, just random, like, you know, flying bird, like, montage scenes for, like, 12 minutes. And then, like... You know, they just kept changing tones, and I feel like the actors, like, got too old to, like, play the parts that they were... Uh, it was just, like, whatever. Yeah. Well, um, hey, you know Danny was drunk, shit. <laughs> like, where's Jameson at? <laughs> well, the one... The scene where you can tell he's, like, the most drunk is, I think, uh... What is it? Book five or the fifth or sixth movie? I forget which Order one. Is it The Order of the Phoenix when he, uh, goes to... Uh, hang out with Haggard as Haggard buries his big spider. Yeah, that's 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 book six, Half of the Prince. Yeah, so in that one, there's yeah, a right. thing where it's like I think he's supposed to be on something, yeah. and it's just like, oh, they were this now just feels like written in. This feels like because uh, he's just, oh, when he's doing that thing with yeah, his fingers, yeah, he's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, oh, that's yeah, some drunk yeah. kid shit. Man, that's me. I looked, off right there. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, in the books, he does use the wand, the Elder Wand, to uh, repair his wand, and then returns the wand to. Uh, Dumbledore's tomb but that's not I think I think that's not as cinematic as uh, snapping it in half and throwing it off a bridge yeah but it's almost better it's way better it's you better to snap it in half I think no got, it's way better to put it back in Dumbledore's grave it makes more sense much better gesture too because you showed us Voldemort cracking Dumbledore's casket yeah but that goes to your point of they kept changing directors to where the director of the first two uh, movies was the same person. Yeah, and then there's a different one for the third. Right, right. Because if the first one stayed... I wonder how... Okay, this is an interesting question, and then we'll answer specifically to yours. But of any of the people that directed Harry Potter that you can remember from the movies, who do you wish had like the whole series of the ones that did it? Should I go first? Yeah. Okay, so now... Because I enjoyed how fun and bright the first two movies were, like they played in con- they played the contrast really well for me. So in the first movie, you had the tense moments with like people like Snape and all that stuff, right? It was close enough to the books that it felt like I was still in the book. And when it wasn't, when it wasn't, it didn't feel like it didn't feel jarring. It still felt like I was still in Harry Potter. The world still made sense. When we left some of the other ones, like I, I'm watching like an HBO version of Harry Potter now. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense. This moaning Myrtle thing in the bathtub is overly creepy. Yes, you feel me? And it wasn't with the proper direction. It wouldn't have have been that. So you like the vibe of the first two movies? That's so funny. I like the the rest. Mm. I like adult HBO Harry Potter. Gotcha. And it's kind of my. Like, I love the books. I think, you know, they're perfect, basically. Mm-hmm. The only thing missing for me when I reread them is, like, 
sometimes I want Harry to be a real 13 year old with like the real full scope of thoughts, like him to, you know, just be like the way Harry talks about Cho. It's like, oh, very PG movie, which is cool. But sometimes you do want there to be like a super bad aspect to it. J.K. Rowling wrote it. Yeah, and I, and you understand you that, that in mind. but that's also where the acting comes in, right? Yeah, and also that's for somebody. Like if right, if exactly. Harry is like super bad Harry uh, Harry Potter, like Michael Sarah, like cursing and stuff. Now all of a sudden you can't give a eleven year old this book. So I understand it not being that, but mm-hmm. I do like the vibe of movies. I mean, three is my second favorite movie mm-hmm. after seven part one. Gotcha. And I like the vibe of it feeling like the real world and not feeling like sparkly and childlike. Fair enough. All right, Max. Yeah, I went through and I wanted to actually like look at what the directors like else did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the director of Book um, three is Quaran, right? Yeah. Alfonso Quaran was, yeah. uh, and so he went on and did like gravity and Roma. So he's probably like, the most like artistic and he's probably like you know has done like the most but um by far my favorite Hermione is book three yeah that's to me that captures not just Hermione the witch but Hermione that was raised by muggles in a way where I'm like it's so fucking cool because that's why that character's fearless is because she was raised by muggles yeah none of these other kids at Hogwarts would have been able to grow up raised by muggles but then the uh the guy who did the first movie the first two he also did like uh what's his name um chris uh columbus he went mm-hmm. on and did like or beforehand he did like gremlins and the goonies and ah, he did um yeah he directed uh home alone and home alone 2 mrs See? doubtfire he did book two a movie two he did uh chamber of secrets and sorcerer's stone Which, by the way right. chamber of secrets is the only harry potter that gets way better if you're high Man. The other ones stayed around the same level. They chamber of secrets, but this is what I'm saying, right? It had those moments where it's like, this is some nice dark shit. Book five is pretty good high, though. The f- movie? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's pretty... I like that one because it starts with... Uh, oh, no, book six. I'm getting five and six mixed up a lot. Yeah, but yeah, six yeah. is so funny because six is the one where it's like starts with Harry Potter like on a date with this random... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. Dumbledore's like, oh, she was cute. She was yeah. cute. And then it's just like he's like Meemaw. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't know like nothing. Meanwhile, it's like Dumbledore probably didn't take his eyes off of Harry that whole time. Like Dumbledore <laughs> didn't even notice. Yeah, it was one person, right? Yeah, yeah. Was it? you know, Dumbledore is just a big cock block, dog. Yeah, that nigga, in a the movie they played it up. I actually like that. Dumbledore should have given him a week. You think? Like, Harry, I'll see you in a week. Voldemort's probably not going for you this week. You're the most powerful <laughs> wizard ever, bro. Just stay outside, invisible. If Dumbledore, if Voldemort come in, apparate. Yeah. You can operate into a diner. But Dumbledore isn't every old guy. Because if you're on a date and there's an old guy waiting at the diner mm-hmm. window and that ends your date, the girl's going to be like, oh, why do you, Why is there just an old guy waiting for you? But if it's Dumbledore, she might be like, oh, that guy seems pretty well, cool. You got to remember, this is a regular person that yeah. Harry was talking to, right? Right? Yeah. She wasn't a yeah, she was a muggle. Oh, okay. yeah. Do you know how awkward that looked? Yeah. Dumbledore standing there in wizard attire, <laughs> yeah, just there. But he's confident, though. He's oh, not just it. wearing the wizard attire. Yeah, he's wearing the well, we always talk about like who Harry should have ended up with. I think he should have ended up with that girl. Oh, for from sure. That date. Yeah, facts, facts. You yeah. right, you right, <laughs> no. right. No, of course, three guys vote for the hot girl who he doesn't know the name of. The hot girl <laughs> whose name we don't, but we don't know. I'm not sure. There's a lot we don't know. No, I know. <laughs> like, let's be honest. That's true. We love Harry Potter. No, we she's are not expert. 
in the movies especially, she seems like the one he has the best chemistry with. Yeah. But she's not in the books, right? So books, he's still... I have no idea. I don't remember if she's in the book. Uh, that, that scene was not in the book. <laughs> that feels very movie. So Harry's at a diner with yeah, a hot girl. Oh, I take it back, Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore somewhere like, yo, I would never do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, did, I didn't interrupt Cho. I know yeah. Marauders Mac was there. I, you know what? I Dumbledore's like, Dumbledore. sorry, Harry, she's not canon. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. There is a Rick and Morty Rick aspect to Dumbledore, for sure. The Dumbledore and Harry, you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, Dumbledore does have some shared qualities with Rick from Rick and Morty. Mm. Sure. You mean Rick has some shared qualities with yeah, Dumbledore yeah, no, and Harry Potter? Yeah. True. Um, all right, so we can get down to it then, huh? Yeah. Okay. Favorite parts for the first three books. Ladies and gentlemen, your favorite parts for the first three books. Rebecca, I'm gonna start with you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think like they're pretty. I mean, I think like some of the nice parts of like the first few books were like all the descriptions of like the food they were eating, like in the you know dining hall. Oh, you um, like the introduction to Hogwarts stuff? Um, I think like the I think J.K. Rowling is like really good at like and as an American kid, I got I was like really fascinated with like the Christmas crackers. And, like, I, I had, like, read, like, one other British children's novel that had, like, magical Christmas crackers. So I, like, didn't realize until I was, like, well into adulthood that those are real things and they are pretty lame. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You don't like a paper crown? That's not the gift you were dreaming of? Can you yeah. imagine being of that era, though, where that's, like, <laughs> that was your the gift? Yeah. I got a paper crown and I wore it. While we played pretend in the yard. Yeah. That was some, yeah. 1600s, Britain, that's like the gift of your year. Wow. You have like two pairs of socks. You got a paper crown on Christmas. Now it's like, oh my God, if it doesn't have PS as the first two letters <laughs> and a number bigger than four after. That's so funny. You're such a dad. <laughs> as you say, it's this. Oh, no, I just think, I, I think, like, those, like, moments were, like, maybe, like, the fun parts of the, um, I mean, you know, like, and I guess if, uh, if you're talking about, like, what the books did better than the movies, I feel like those descriptions were way better than, like, the visual portrayals of them. Gotcha. Yeah. 100%. For me, I know I liked, um, just the interactions with Snape in the book a lot more. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Homie did his thing in the... Alan Rickman did his thing yeah. in the movies. Don't get me wrong. But there was a certain coldness in the book that even Alan Rickman couldn't really hit. Like, the way he stared at Harry when she would describe yeah. that shit. Um, when they got to... The stuff was serious, right? And they were describing Harry, like, being there and overhearing and then hearing that he was the godfather, what have you. Right? Yeah. I remember reading that because when I would cut school, I read that shit in the library. I remember reading that and like almost crying. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the reveal that Sirius was Harry's um, godfather. It didn't hit me like that in the movie. And yeah, I think that a lot of that is just she captures the feeling of it. Because I mean, part of it is like, you. I guess you knew that you knew about the reveal in the mm -hmm. movies. But yeah, you can't capture like, I yeah, I feel that too. All that stuff where it's an emotional connection and they're describing that stuff, she really puts you there. I mean, they do. It's another thing in the movies where they do a great job in the scene where Snape dies and he says always, like they do a great job in the movies. Yeah. But nothing's gonna get you like 
that over four pages. Like, yeah. that's going to get you tearing up more so. Same when Dumbledore died. When Dumbledore died in the book, who man. Because I couldn't I can believe Snake did that shit. Yeah. Because when Snake walked in, I was like, my man. I was always a Snape was good in the end truther. So I just felt like, oh, it's got to be a part of something. Nah, see, I was yeah. like, you motherfucker. Yeah. You word. Because you couldn't tell me the snake wasn't coming in, wreck shit, and him and Dumbledore was going to leave. Right? Him, Dumbledore, and Harry. Yeah. When he walked in and Dumbledore said, Cerberus, please. I thought he meant, like, please help. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So when Snake goes, Vodka Kedavra, oh, that shit crushed me. Um, snake was my character. That's why I would walk around the house screaming Expelliarmus with um my... I was bigger than the fucking robe at the time, but my like graduation robe from like kindergarten. <laughs> and I was in like maybe second grade or some shit at the time. Yeah, yeah. And you were expelliarmusing. Yeah, trying to with a fucking curtain rod. Nigga, not get that stuff. For a second, I thought you were saying you're using like your like uh, high school ro- graduation robes, and this was like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Look, it's shit. It could be. Who knows? Uh, do you still have the kindergarten robe? Because we. We'd love to see you in it. Oh, no, but I can go get it. I'll go find it. I'll put on that show for you. All right, but you got paid up. Cool. Well, you down. Got to make a buck. <laughs> so you are Expelliarmusing. Yes. Uh, well, so that Snape, If what if Snape had, uh, had gone the other way? Like, what if Snape comes in and instead of killing Dumbledore... He, you know, does a bunch of spells, maybe kills Lucius Malfoy or something. Mm-hmm. And what if Book 7 Snape was that character who is like a vigilante fighting against Voldemort, fearing for his life? Do you think that makes the Snape ultimately a braver character than... No. I th- yeah, to me too. Like the double spy thing. Yeah. I think the he, stress of that. He put, you're right. And he played his role. And again, like we said on this podcast a bunch of times before. I know I definitely have. Snape is one of those complicated heroes, right? Quote unquote heroes, because it's only justified because we know this backstory, right? Mm-hmm. If we didn't, the shit that he's done is un you can't really be redeemed for it. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Right? But I know my bias for the character, but truly, another person, if I didn't like Snape as much as I did, nah, you kind of piece of shit, because you led to all of this. This is all your fault. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You told Voldemort about the prophecy. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, before we started doing the podcast, I have, I thought, oh, Snape was redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely talking about it. I can see somebody going, yeah, none of none of what happens after makes up for the thing before. Yeah. You can't you can't get the love of your life killed and then cry about how she died. <laughs> kind of hypocritical. No matter yeah. how much you stare into her son's eyes, bro. Yeah, I think there was a guy in the news who just did that. Oh jeez! Yeah, now golly, uh, sweet I, sweet Grindelwald that happened. Yeah, that shit happened. Um, okay, going back to favorite parts. So your favorite part for book one was the descriptions of stuff like Christmas and yeah. um yeah, and you know, and maybe like uh like the I guess like the discovery of Hogwarts, like when he's like on the train there and stuff. That Obviously. stuff on the train. The t- on the train scene is so good. Yeah. Everything's brand new and you learn so much about the foundation of these characters. Like when Ron wanted something, he offered to help out and all that type of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Um, and there's so many cameos. Like you yeah. reread it, and you're like, "Oh, Fred and George were in this scene." Yeah. Oh, this this person and that person. Obviously, Draco. Yo, the the stuff with Dudley and the family, Vernon and all of them yeah. in the first book in um the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone, depending on which copy you got in school. Yeah. Fucking the way that they treated Harry was despicable on the page. Yeah, it's crazy. It's despicable on the page. I remember reading that as a kid and being like, yo, that's abuse. And it's crazy how good it is. I remember rereading the books and going, does this whole series peak at the snake scene in book one? Is that, obviously this whole thing's great, but is that the best chapter of the whole thing? Right, because that's like one of the first times as a kid and you're not realizing what the person is doing, you know, literary wise, but... These motherfuckers are showing you somebody earning their redemption. That snake's like the fourth best character in the whole series. Well, right, because it gives <laughs> Dudley his comeuppance finally. Yeah. You know, and he earned it. And then when Hagrid walks in and does it to Vernon, yeah. he earned it. So all of those scenes, and then like at the end, when um, Harry seems like he's happy because he knows he has a place to come back to mm-hmm. in the books, I thought that was cool. Like them, that scene of them leaving Hogwarts. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought that was cool. So yeah, that would be, I guess, that's my That's book one. First. Max, did you... I like, um, I kind of like, I don't remember the books that well because it's been so long, yeah. but I do remember liking uh, just at the end, just the moment with uh, Dumbledore and Harry uh, and describing how the like uh, Philosopher's Stone works and just, uh, I don't know, I just thought that was a cool scene. I mean, I like the whole end to the first uh movie i think like the chess is all very cool it is all great yeah um i think that might be one of ron's best moments in the whole series yeah uh my only problem with the end is that ron's thing is so much better than either of theirs like yeah the flying's cool her but hermione's thing is so much less cool than either but ron's is by far the coolest yeah it's like that all the stuff playing chess and then Hermione's thing is what it's kind of complex. Like you have to follow why one of the plants is safe or something. Hey, bro, let me tell you something. That whole movie might be perfect. It's so funny. The Sorcerer's Stone might be perfect. Just because they introduced that world so well. And think about how hooked you were after that movie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that was my introduction to it. And I saw it a little, I saw it a little later than everybody else. You know what I mean? But yeah. First movie might be perfect. It's so funny because for I loved the first two movies when I saw them, mm-hmm. but then when the other ones came out, I just liked the new direction more. And the it is the first two don't go with the other. Uh, oh yeah, no, the, not at all, not at all. It's a clear split. Okay, so we getting close to what would usually be runtime. Yeah, you know what I mean, so let's circle, let's circle back and try to like, you know, wrap it up succinctly. Real quick, if you can remember, recap your three best moments from the Harry Potter, first three Harry Potter books. All right, so for book one, it's the snake scene. For book two, and especially in the book, the scene where they meet Tom Marvolo Riddle, where he meets, Ooh, I love that scene. Bye. And I don't think they captured the movie. In the movie, to me, the best scene is Lockhart's first day of class with the pixies and stuff. Uh, but... And the chamber and the chamber of secrets scene at the end in the movie is great, mm-hmm. and it's great in the book too. But him meeting Tom Marvel Riddle, and then in the three in three, it's the ending, like all the stuff from the revelations around Pettigrew and Sirius Black, all the way up until they save 
Buckbeak and all that stuff is yeah. just amazing to me in book three. Underrated joint for me is um, Lupin actually building that like friendship with Harry. Mm-hmm. Harry finally having somebody he could trust, like the little shit. Even the Bogart he... scene's amazing. Yeah, 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 fam, 100%, 100%. All right. Um, I guess for book one, the intro to Hogwarts and all of like the magic stuff and... Um... I think like book two, like the final scene where Harry gets to like put the basilisk thing through the the diary was like pretty, you know, a good, great wrap up. And, you know, he got to be like really like heroic with like all of the whatever. Um, And I don't know, I think like uh, the third book was like, uh, I liked all of like the descriptions of like the magical creatures in like the the class that like Hagrid was teaching, like the Karen taking oh, right, of he got the teacher. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. This like, was the year before the blast ended. Screw it, stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and like I thought, I thought like book three had like some cool, like fun descriptions of like you know like the hippogriffs and like uh, all of those. Uh, yeah, those like fun. And I was that the first year that they got to go to Hogsmeade, or yes, yes, it was. That was yeah. that. That was pretty cool. The oh, Hogsmeade right. stuff was awesome. Up, they got to beat up Draco with and the all snowballs that shit. in the yeah. movie. That was a great scene in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think also I think we've talked about this scene before, but I feel like it was even more in the books of uh, McGonagall not letting him go. Yeah. To uh to Hogsmeade. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, I think. Book one is still probably the chess scene. I like that the best. Uh, book two, I like um, uh, Lockhart trying to betray them in the Chamber of Secrets <laughs> yeah, and then backfiring. Yeah. I think that's great because it's also the whole the whole book and movie has just been like Ron's wand like doesn't work. It's broken. It's like what's wrong with him? And, and then anybody it, with sense would know that. Yeah, what, and then it's there... like his broken wand like saved them at the end. Was there wow. any part of you though? when Lockhart is is doing his big speech when he's gonna attack them and take their memory and stuff, that went, how dumb were these adult wizards that they fell for this? Yeah. Like, I get these kids getting duped by Lockhart, <laughs> but how dumb are these grown, ex- like, the guy yeah. who discovered vampires and then Lockhart's gonna just come in and be like, and now I shall take your memory. <laughs> it's like, yo, that yeah, he did give a long speech for yeah. all that shit. Like, you could just... Like a grown wizard could just oh take out a a wand and you think disarm him or something. Well, you must remember, like James and Lily Potter taught us, if you don't have your wand in your hand, yeah, sometimes it don't matter. So, real real quick, right? And we can make this as rapid fire as possible. Just give me one character, so three characters, your favorite character from each book, at the time that you read. Okay, right? so books one, two, and three. Um. Damn. Okay. Fuck. So all right, I'm gonna have one of y'all start it. Okay. I'll, so my favorite character in each book. Yeah. For book one, it's Hagrid. Great. Um. Book two, probably Ron. And book three, Hermione. Mm-hmm. That all would right. be. And if I'm doing like an honorary mention, book three for Lupin. Lupin's an amazing character. Facts. Um. He's right there. If you're talking about a character that's not recurring, book three, Lupin for sure. And book two, I mean, I kind of like Aragog in book two. <laughs> I kind of like Aragog as a role player in book two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do um, I'm gonna do Ron for book one. 
He's great in it. You know what I'm saying? Ron was just dope in book one. Like, all the shit with Draco whenever they would meet. Like, yeah. I'm not taking your shit. I don't care what Harry deal with. Dude, Ron and Neville punch, getting in the fight with Krabby and Goyle yep. at the Quidditch game. Yep. People forget how many times. Moment. People forget how many times, like, Ron knuckled up with those people. Yeah. No, um, he was not confident in his magic at that time. He did not have <laughs> any interest in a spell of any kind. He was throwing his fist. Hands and feet. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Let me see. In book two, all right, now that's Chamber of Secrets. I ran the gambit in Chamber of Secrets, bro. So you have one point where it's Harry, right? Yeah. Then when Snape and Homie Duel is Snape. Snape has a great Chamber of Secrets. So I'm I'm, going to go Snape Chamber of Secrets for book three. Right. Dumbledore is a pretty good Chamber of Secrets too. Out in the movie, he's great too. Yeah. The movie's he's excellent. Um, Fox was a great addition too. Fucking, I like the Sorting Hat a lot. Believe it or not. Yeah, um, no, the Sorting Hat is is a lot of fun. My honorable mention for book one for me is the Sorting. Yeah. Hat. Um, for book three. I was mad during the years where J.K. skips the Sorting Hat, yeah, and calling having the Sorting Hat like announce how dangerous the yes, times were when yes, the shit got dangerous. Yes. To me, that's like what the news should be. Like they should right. be doing goofy, whatever, like fun stories all the time. And then when shit gets dangerous, okay, now the Sorting Hat. Like, don't tell me about tragedies that already happened that I can't. Do anything, do anything about. about. But if there's something important in the news, we can know. But otherwise, just tell a bunch of poems, you know? We need the sorting hat on, on NBC. I'm a, you know, okay, okay, cool. So I'm going to do... <laughs> Rachel Maddow stepping down, maybe they can... <laughs> and they just play some brown hat. Yeah. <laughs> and they got the voice of the old wall tuna fish. You remember that shit? Yeah. The sea bass? Yeah. yeah. Um, For book three, I'm going to go with... um. I'm going to go with Sirius, man, because he was on a mission. He was great. Sirius was on a mission, and he meant it. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Sirius is better than Lupin in the scenes where they're together. To go Lupin over Sirius, you just really have to value those scenes. I think my... uh, I would also go uh, Ron for the first one. Mm -hmm. I like his introduction, that he's like the first like wizarding friend, and that it's like a clear choice of him over... Like Draco. Malfoy, yeah. and uh, he's cool in that. I think. Uh, I think book two. I like Hagrid. I like Hagrid having to like go away because he was also like the, uh, like the whatever this like great character. He's like the introduction to the Wizarding World, and now it's like, oh no, is Hagrid gone? Uh, Matt's and killing this. Shit. I like. Um, I like finding out his backstory of being like uh, kicked out of Hogwarts. Harry should have took that rougher. Harry yeah. kind of handled Hagrid going pretty well mm-hmm. and uh but, I, like he has abandonment issues and so, you yeah. know what i mean like yeah. that could have that could have went left or did harry handle that well because now he tries to go deal with the chamber of secrets well i mean that was his pretty only risky option. Was more, that was his only option once they took jenny and hermione got um and, and that, uh, damn it we're gonna make this episode 45 minutes shit because like <laughs> Honorable mentions to Hermione Granger, bro, in book two. Oh, yeah. yeah. character. And in book one, she don't get a lot of credit in book one. A lot of people dislike her, but I thought she played her role, like, better than anybody. Yeah. Like, she brings everybody so much closer together. You know what I'm saying? She's the fucking glue. 
Yeah. Harry and Ron would have been great friends, but she's definitely the glue, bro. Also, like, Harry and Ron go zero to 60 with their friendship. Mm -hmm. Harry, Hermione, it's slower paced, but it goes further. Yes. And it's just, I mean, it's ultimately just a better relationship. Like, they have a better friendship. Shit, the more I think about it, I kind of hate that they made any of them romantic with each other. You know what I'm saying? I see that. I see it, like, but as a group, they're so efficient. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It's a group that's so efficient. The way they ended up, I don't know if the group is still I agree with efficient. you. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the Ron Hermione thing, it definitely, like, limit. it limits what their friendship can be a little bit, for yeah, sure. Yeah, because that partnership was a motherfucker, bro. Like, yeah. Unstoppable. Anyhow. Closing this out, last three favorite characters of the book. Um, I don't think you can really like pick a favorite character because like, you know, I think like what makes the books fun is like the dynamics between everybody and like the way that, you know, it's all like a whole, you know, because you gotta, you know, even like the characters that are like more evil, like they're fun too. And like they give Harry something to like fight against. Um, I mean, I think like the most annoying character is probably like Quirrell. Um, yeah the thing about Quirrell that is annoying to me is that he he thinks he's getting away with it because he's a genius but he's getting away with it because nobody notices right right and so he always does the thing of like and I was pretending to stutter and people go nobody cared that you were pretending to stutter like nobody associates that with guilt or innocence you were just we just thought you did that funny also, just wearing the turban felt kind of like just cultural appropriation. So he'd probably be, be canceled today. Oh, he'd definitely be canceled today. They talk about that on TikTok. Like, shit, they wouldn't be able to play right now. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, but he also was like a Voldemort trying to kill the kids. It's like, yeah, but he really should not have worn that turban. Imagine right. him getting fired in November over the turban. <laughs> and he like, but you don't even know my plans. <laughs> Voldemort, he's just explaining to Voldemort, yeah, they, they let me go because they said it was insensitive. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. That's another sketch we'll never write. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's two. And who's your last one? Oh, I got. Are we, am I doing most annoying character? I think the most annoying in the second one was maybe like moaning Myrtle. Hey, you fuck yeah. Fuck uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. But, um, and in the third one, maybe like. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I get. I guess like uh, Mel Malfoy is awesome. Yeah, he's harsh. Yeah, in that I feel like he was like a little harsher in that one. He was throwing mud blood around a lot in that book, right? Yeah, yeah. That that was one thing that she always she was always real stark on. Like whenever they were going on Hermione, they went in on Hermione, bro. Yeah. No, it, it's. Uh... I mean, it is interesting. Like, I wonder if everybody feels like Malfoy's redeemable. Like, when we were kids, yeah. it was like, oh, clearly Malfoy was redeemed because he didn't say that it was Harry in the end and he doesn't do the thing with Vault. But, like, if you knew a kid today that acted like Malfoy, you wouldn't be like, yeah, so this kid sent a, a cursed necklace that can kill people to just right, strangers. Right. But at the very end, he didn't tell the serial killer that the right. boy was in the attic. Right. Like, if you met Malfoy, you wouldn't forgive him. Like, right. the same way you talk about how you wouldn't forgive Snape. Mm. But in the books, with all the backstory, and we know his toxic home environment, 
most people do forgive Malfoy. That could be my contradiction. I have to think about that. We'll talk about that on a later episode. I'll actually do some reflecting, see how I feel. See if Malfoy's actually redeemable versus Professor Snape. Yeah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, having said that, we have reached the end of this episode. Thank y'all for participating. So, time for the plugs. Everybody, where can they find you? Rebecca Kaplan. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca T. Kaplan. There you go. Max Marcus. They can find me all social media, Max Marcus Comedy. And Will Poznan. You can find me on Instagram at Will Poznan. And you can find Nico White at Nico White93 on Instagram. I will be headlining a show during the New York Comedy Festival on November 12, 2021. You can get your tickets now at the New York Comedy Club.com, N E W Y O R K C O M E D Y C L U B. Dot C-O-M. My show is at 7.30. Let's sell that out. It's been two years since I've seen you. Let's do this. Let's do this right. The lineup is going to be crazy. So I hope you can be there. In the meantime, y'all be safe. I'm Nico White. I'm Will Poznan. Will on three. One, two, three.